0: Welcome to On the Tee with Joe C. I'm Joe Coward from XL Primetime. You can hear me on 1010XL, noon to 3, weekdays, Monday through Friday with the crew. But I like uh, reserving this little space for some golf talk with my man, Mark Carnival, former PGA Tour winner. You catch him on PGA Tour Live, catch him on SiriusXM PGA Tour Radio, and he is on the road. So we go from the Valspar Championship to the World Golf Championships dell technologies match play carney welcome into on the t how are you bud
1: i'm doing great joe you know it's uh we're right in the heart of the golf season Not that there has ever been much of a lull but we're certainly uh in the heart where all these tournaments are very important obviously leading up as we started with uh, a week ago with the players or two weeks ago however you want to look Mm -hmm. at it It seems like uh it was just yesterday because it lasted (laughs) a month but uh uh, and then, of course, leading to the Masters, the PGA, the U.S. Open, the Open Championship. The next thing you know, we're right at the FedEx uh, Cup playoffs. So uh, it is going quickly. It is going fast, and uh, it is uh, it's some challenging golf, but some really good golf at the same time.
0: Well, before we look at the brackets, and that's the cool thing. This is the PGA Tour's answer to March Madness, is we come up with the match play, which I love. I don't know that it's necessarily embraced on television, but I still love it. Uh, but before we do that, let's uh, take a trip back uh, to the Copperhead Course, Innisbrook Resort, the Valspar Championship, uh, and you were, uh, you know, certainly taking it all in as far as the, you know, the a nice, a nice come from behind win for sam burns a little disappointment for the guy at the top and davis riley who started the day with the lead but ended up losing in a playoff but let's go back to the valspar championship that was a tough course and that was a big win for burns
1: yeah it was uh, i mean the golf course and when you look at the uh sort of the the move through florida you know starting at the honda arnold palmer players uh, i mean four great golf courses four really good golf courses and interesting enough uh it almost felt like uh, you could take a, a deep breath and uh, just sort of relax a little bit when you, when you got down there from the, the Players' Championship, which finished on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed a little bit more relaxed, but at the same time, the golf course is not relaxed. But I will tell you this, Joe. Early on, I mean, the golf course was very receptive. Uh, the fairways, there wasn't a lot of run out in the fairways. The greens were very uh, receptive, and you could tell that from the scores. Uh, but you knew at some point, uh, this place was going to bite back. And, uh, you know, it's the Copperhead Course, snakes. not a big, I'm not a big fan of snakes, but <laughs> uh, it, it was going to bite back. And eventually it took till you know, later in the day on Sunday, uh, and really most of the day on Sunday, but really later in the day, it was evident that this course got back to where these players remember it, and it was a challenging finish. Uh, the golf course really provides for so much, variety in the golf game and uh, the importance of driving the ball on the fairway and uh, it, it's just it's a challenging with the greens you got Bermuda greens with a lot of grain in them uh, the players struggled on it but uh, it really was good to see in, in many ways that Sam burns defend his title uh, in the playoff over the young uh, Davis Riley but uh, pretty special I mean there was some great golf played and then basically as these guys finished off it was more you know holding on here and see yeah. if uh, see what happens.
0: Yeah, survival there towards the end. You you are right, because in, in the span of four days, we saw a guy in Matthew Neesmith uh, go out there and shoot a 61, uh, which I think might, might have been the new course record. Yeah, no, he tied the course record and then set a new 36-hole uh, scoring record. And then Davis Riley goes out on Saturday, shoots a 62, which was a beautiful round of golf, put himself in position to win for the first time on tour, just 25 starts for him. Uh, And and lo and behold, Carney, you know this, there was carnage at one hole, and that cost him. He triple bogeyed a par five, put a snowman on the card, which we know how rare that is on the PGA Tour. Not rare for me, but rare for them. Uh, But yet he battled back and put himself in a position to win in in a playoff against Sam Burns. That was pretty good theater down the stretch.
1: Yeah, especially since uh, Davis is a rookie, and you would have thought that would have just – uh, I mean, it, it would have uh, it would have ruined a lot of players, not just a PGA Tour rookie, but in fact, he was able to bounce back and get himself in that playoff. Uh, obviously, this young man played his golf at the University of Alabama, uh, pretty well prepared, uh, and just, you know, looked for his opportunity. And he said, you know what? And despite that, I'm, I'm going to give myself a chance. And he did. Uh, it was interesting because the golf course, as I mentioned, was pretty receptive the first few rounds. You mentioned the 61 and, and the 62 that were shot on, on Friday and Saturday. Uh, but I can tell you, I was out early on Sunday morning with Dustin Johnson. And at the time, I mentioned, uh, as I was on PJ Tour Live, I mentioned that, you know, three or four under would be a good score. Eventually, Brooks Kepko, I think, shot six under. But there weren't many after that because I was out there with DJ. They finished off about 1230. And then at 1 o'clock, I caught an afternoon group of Lee, of uh, Tommy Fleetwood and uh, Kevin Strillman. And the golf course looked to be a totally different golf course. It was firm. It was fast. There was no humidity. The rough was, like, totally drying out. The greens were drying out. The fairways were drying out. The wind was in in it from a different direction. And it really gave those guys a pretty big challenge as they tried to finish off that tournament.
0: Well, he comes up with uh, back-to-back wins. It's hard to believe in the history of the tournament, uh, which is down at the Copper or the Innisbrook Resort, the Copperhead Course uh, in Palm Harbor, that Paul Casey was the first ever to go back-to-back in defending his title there. And then Burns turns right around. There wasn't a tournament there in 2020 because of the pandemic. So Paul Casey wins back-to-back 2018-2019, uh, and then Burns wins in 21-22. and 22. And you know the other cool thing I like about this, Carney, is that Burns is an LSU golfer. Davis Riley is an Alabama golfer. Just from the collegiate uh-huh. ranks, it's cool to see that.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, there's that. There's a. We talk about it a lot of times. I mean, you know, yeah. You know, obviously, you got Justin Thomas from Alabama. You got a lot of Texas players, Oklahoma State, and uh, you know they're not only rivals in golf, but they're rivals in football and basketball and all this stuff. So yeah, it it creates a nice uh, little opportunity, uh, certainly for some bragging rights amongst the players and uh, a lot of fun. You know, a lot of fun with it. I think uh, obviously, uh, all these guys are out here. They play for they play for themselves in the, in the fact that it's an individual sport but there there is a lot uh, at times focused on you know where they went, where they played their college golf from so uh it's a nice little added aspect of the tour
0: all right so explain it as best you can uh because match play is like we said if if we're talking amateur golfers uh me and a bunch of buddies you're a, you're a pro i can't include you in this in this bad golf discussion but we all go out you may give me shots. The other guys, I give them shots, whatever. And we're playing for skins, and that's basically match play. Uh, but in the game of golf that we watch on TV or listen to you on, on radio on the call, it's stroke play. And so uh, we get into this match play world, and you know, do you like it? Do you embrace it? Uh, do you think it's cool? Because I, I do like it, at least once a year, uh, this format.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's good. Uh, I think, you know, they've they tweaked this over the years, Joe, and I think, You know, one of the problems that they had was, you know, it used to be 64 guys would tee it up, 32 guys would go home.
0: Yeah, on the first day. day,
1: And, of course, occasionally and and probably more than not, the the big names uh, disappeared after Wednesday. And I'm sure for TV and even the tour looked at it and said, you know, we we can't have that happen. Uh, So, like in a typical week, uh, they decided, okay, we're gonna we're gonna readjust it. We're gonna create these different pods, and everybody's gonna play everybody within that pod. So you have three matches uh, to advance uh, to the, uh, I guess it's
0: the pool play quarterfinal it, it, I mean, it, Well, then it goes the to round the of sixteen. Yeah, round of sixteen, yeah. the knockout stage.
1: So it, it's 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 good. It guys again, it keeps those guys there available for TV through Friday. And again, a normal event. There's no guarantee that. Uh, mm-hmm. Roy McIlroy or Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth's going to make the cut, so it kind of it kind of creates that same uh, anticipation and same sort of unknowingness: uh, are they going to get to the finals? But so everybody within there's there's four players in each grouping, and there's 16 groups, obviously counting up to 64 players, and they'll mm-hmm. play. Everybody will play one another, and you can have ties, uh, and uh, you know you can win your match, uh, and then uh, on Friday there tends to be a few playoffs uh within the pod so you'll get a little extra golf friday afternoon for that but then it's cut down to 16 uh after friday uh those 16 will play uh saturday morning uh making it to the quarterfinals and the eight players will play in the afternoon eight players at advance will play in the afternoon uh getting yourselves to the semifinals which take place sunday morning and then the finals uh, will take place Sunday afternoon, and they also they do play off for third and fourth mm-hmm. uh, because there are FedEx Cup points on the line. So uh, they they will there'll be two matches on Sunday afternoon. Obviously, most people watch one, but but they will cover and have two matches in the afternoon on Sunday, and then uh, first of course we'll crown a champion. Billy Horschel, the local Florida guy, uh, is the defending champion, and uh, it's a tough event. Any event is tough to defend, Joe, but this one maybe oh. the toughest.
0: And you think about some of the guys that have come through and won this thing and in the in the fashion that they did it, just some really unbelievable performances. And you can go back to a, a Gator and a Bulldog with Billy Horschel and Kevin Kisner, uh, a couple of really important wins for them. You can go back to Martin Keimer and, and Jason Day, just so many worthy winners or guys that were right there battling all the way. Now, we look at pool play, as you described it. You know, you're guaranteed to see these stars, and that's for the fans – Watch it on TV for the fans in attendance to be able to see John Rom at least play three matches of golf. So you look at Group One; he's the he's the top ranked player. You got Colin Morikawa heading up the next group. I'm looking through some of these groups, Carney, and I've got yeah. Group Three with Victor Hovland, Will Zalatoris, Cameron Tringali, and Seb Straka. Uh, that's a pretty good group right there. And then, I mean, heck, I I could just keep going on and on with all the groups that they've got set up. This is a, I, I love the way it, it breaks out with these four player pods
1: yeah it was interesting. i was doing some uh little prep work this morning going over and putting out some stuff and i went through it and i want to say there and i don't you might know the exact number but there's there's at least six maybe seven first timers and you mentioned that hovland mm-hmm. group uh there's two first timers in there you know is that an advantage i don't know uh, i mean sept straka just won recently Cameron Valley right. plays in his first time i you know these guys have i don't know, if, you know it's been a while since probably they played match play I don't know if it's an advantage for Victor Hovland, who not only played on the Ryder Cup team but won the U.S. Amateur. It's, but it's that's the great thing is there's you know, while you're a higher ranked player and mm-hmm. that's how they're seated, one through sixty
0: four, there's no guarantee of anything. You no. don't have to And, and Zalatoris so, uh, Zala would be a first ahead. timer too, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So those are. That's three first timers in that group with Victor Hoffman. No,
1: actually, Zalatoris played last year because okay. he was in the top. Uh, he was in the top fifty in the world rankings. Or okay, the top sixty-four.
0: All right, so oh so, yeah, that's yeah. It. I confused myself because they didn't let him in the FedEx Cup, which is <laughs> still a mystery to me. Uh, but, but there's there's a lot of other good ones uh, that you've got: Tommy Fleetwood, Scotty Scheffler, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Ian Poulter. You got three Englishmen and a Texan in one group. Justin Thomas is in a group with Kevin Kisner, a past winner here, Mark Leishman, who's a tough out as an Australian, and then Luke List, another one of the first-time winners you were mentioning earlier.
1: Yeah, it's, again, you know, because I know at some point you're going to ask me who do I like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, that's that's the challenge of it is, you know, you're looking at the top 64 players in the world. Now, there's, there's some people that have chosen not to play, and I don't blame them one bit. But, I mean, you're looking at the best players in the world, and yeah, I mean I think the last player in was uh Maverick McNeely. Uh he got in uh I can't remember who withdrew I guess it was uh Sam Burns maybe mm-hmm. withdrew. So Maverick McNeely got in. But but he's a guy that's a good player. So it's it it's and the great thing about it is with, with the pod system and with that you have to basically play around Robin, yeah, you might not play well the first round, but you can fix it yeah. and you can still advance. So there's no like, there's no one and done here. So, I th- again, I think it creates uh, a situation where players really uh, have to stay focused. Uh, again, even if they may get beat in one match, uh, there's still that opportunity to advance. And I think that, that really uh, you have to be a real grinder this week, I think. Joe has uh, come out on top, and uh, I think it's going to be, as always, it'll be certainly entertaining golf. and uh, The uh, Austin Country Club is a great venue to have it on. There's a lot of risk-reward. Uh, holes out there so it creates uh, it creates some pretty pretty uh, some pretty good excitement.
0: And I tell you what they've taken ownership of it and and made it fun and I do think the fans do love it especially when you get to the knockout stage. All right Carney, before we zero in on the guys that you like, uh the one name that at least jumps out to me is that Bryson DeChambeau is back. Uh he didn't need it in defend at Bay Hill. He didn't play in the players. Uh we haven't seen him since we all had the the conversation with the Saudi golf league over in the UA, uh, UAE. And so now he's back. A, is he healthy? B, what do you think of his chances and how he'll be received?
1: Uh, my only answer is I have no idea, Joe. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm just being truthful. I mean, I, who knows? I mean, again, uh, we don't know the, the extent of his, you know, injuries, uh, you know, when, when Bryson started doing this transformation, uh, you know, I mean, that was – I'm sorry. That was not going to be sustainable. Now, right. is that what his injuries from? Is it from something else? I, I don't know. Is it a uh, – does he have an injury mentally because of, you know, everything that went on? Possibly. Uh, that could be there as well. I mean, I know he's a tough character. So, uh, I would expect if he's playing, uh, he's going to be ready to play. But I, I how he's going to play, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you uh, because, uh, you know, Bryson's one of those guys that if he's on – he can be really good.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But he's one of those players also, if he's off, it, cannot be, it can be pretty bad.
0: Yeah, he can be And erratic. bad
1: is relative, obviously.
0: Yeah, he could be erratic, and then he can really frustrate himself, and that game can get away from him in a hurry. So just from a a bulldog mindset, which I think is what it takes to win in match play, and the talent level, uh, a few guys that you like that you think might be there when we're talking Saturday into Sunday, making it to the final.
1: Yeah, here, here's the here's the problem that I have, um, because you know in two weeks we we got that tournament, that little tournament they hold up in Georgia, <laughs> uh, and, and you and you have to you have to wonder. I mean, you know, guys play. I mean, if you're going to go and play in a tournament, not, you should go to try to win. I mean, that's right. certainly something that Tiger always said and and I, and I firmly believe that you don't go there to get reps you don't go there to to do whatever you should be going there to win because if you're not going there to win then you shouldn't go at least that's my opinion mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know the one i really like this guy even though he's already won twice this year is scotty shepherd Ooh,
0: he's starting to be you know, right beat now. last
1: year you know he got beat last year uh by uh uh billy horschel uh in the finals uh he's a guy that played that golf course a lot when he was at university of texas uh he's a texas boy uh you know a lot of people thought last year that that was going to be his how appropriate that would be for his first win on the pga tour but i also wonder you know he's got to be up there as, as a favorite in, <laughs> uh up in augusta mm-hmm. so uh you have to wonder you know it's it's not, not that he shouldn't be focused again i go back to it i mean if you're going to play you should be focused but uh you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pick him. Uh, I think for sure. I tell you, who started to play well is Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, uh, I followed I like him that. a couple of days last week uh, down at the Valspar. He he is starting to play well, and things are coming together pretty good. DJ at times showed some. I just I don't think DJ is the guy this week. Uh, you know, obviously, you know he's a player that has come into this event many times and the one ranked player in the world. Uh, you know, he's won this event, but I mean it's not. I, I don't, I don't see it uh, for DJ, uh, this week. Um, you know, I, I Cameron Young is a guy that pops mm. out to me Okay, you know, that, that, you know, he's a rookie, but, uh, you know, match play is a little different than stroke play. So I think he's an aggressive guy Yeah, uh, that can certainly pay dividends in, in match play. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a dark horse, I would kind of, I, I wouldn't, I would lean towards him. Paul Casey's obviously playing well, uh, yeah. you know, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a whole list of guys that obviously could do it, but and uh, I mean, I, if I was gonna, if I were a betting man,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it would be hard pressed not to put money on Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, uh, I do like. I would think the the not, the odds on Fleetwood might be pretty reasonable. Uh, I think he would be a guy uh, that 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 I would uh, focus on as well. But I mean, you know, I mean, Patrick Cantlay is a guy that you would think. You know, under those conditions, the way he played in in the Ryder Cup. I mean, the way Morikawa played in the Ryder Cup. I followed Morikawa a little bit last week. Uh, Just some things just just a bit off. You know, again, you have to wonder if he's got his focus uh, on a couple weeks from now. I I don't know. But uh, you can never count him out. Uh, But as his putting goes is how Colin goes.
0: Yeah, because he's one of the guys that I kind of zeroed in on. And he's in a group with Kokrak, Garcia, and McIntyre, and any of these guys are capable. Yeah. We certainly know that uh, Kokrak can get hot. I kind of like what Zalatoris and Hovland might be able to do. One of them coming out of that mm-hmm. group and being being you know getting the hot hand, uh, and then I love your Fleetwood uh, recommendation. Uh, and then Justin Thomas has got to strike again. Okay, yeah. he's not won since the players yeah. of last year, and he's got that group with Kisner, Leishman, and Lis. Not easy. Uh, but he's a guy no. that uh, is putting it together right now.
1: Yeah, he is. I mean, he played awfully well last week. But, again, he's making – I would say the one thing about Justin, he did this at the players, made some you know, big kind of – I'm not going to call them boneheaded mistakes, mm-hmm. but you know, just made those double bogeys throughout the round. Uh, he made one when I was following him, I think on uh, – he had gotten it to 12 under par, and he made one on the seventh hole, which, you know, was just – because he tried to pull off a – a miraculous shot and it was just i mean he even commented afterwards that that was a stupid mistake uh he's got to avoid that so you know again with, with like with justin i'd almost look more towards uh two weeks from now right. um At you, you have to think yeah. that he's a player that's probably destined to win there of course they say that about a lot of guys joe and some of them don't ever go on to win there yeah
0: it's true but,
1: uh, again I, I i think justin uh is going to be there to play to win And it's not saying he can't win this week and win two weeks from now. Uh, But, again, I I have no doubt that a lot of his focus has been on that. Uh, He's been close all year. He's had some opportunities, just hasn't gotten back uh, into that winner's circle. But, uh, yeah, again, I mean, it'd be hard to bet against him uh, for sure.
0: There's a couple of them that are complete and total long shots, but I'm going to see where they go. Alex Noren seems like he's cresting uh, towards uh, some really solid play, and he might stick around. Uh, And be pretty good. All right. So let's finish up with Phil Mickelson embroiled in controversy. His absence from the golf world right now is controversial. You and I have talked about it uh, and commented strongly about some of the stuff that he had to say with the Saudi Golf League, with the tour. And all of a sudden, you know, Phil Mickelson, who's usually out in front with that big smile, uh, he's kind of uh, in hiding. And so now he is no longer listed, and this is a little detailed for fans, but golf fans will understand this. He is no longer listed in the field of active players, but instead is listed as a past champion, referring to the field for Augusta. And if you're listed as a past champion, it means you are not, or you're listed as a past champion who is not playing. So Phil has decided he is not going to show up at Augusta, and meet the throng of questioners about some of his latest comments in the, in the game of golf.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot to that, that part of it. Uh, I mean, I've heard rumors of different things, Joe, and it it would not be professional of me to, to, to speculate on why or why not. But it's pretty evident that uh, it's something that's pretty serious that, Maybe Phil is taken seriously. That uh, mm-hmm. I, I still don't believe he's been suspended. Again, that's just speculation on my part. Right. I still don't believe that. Uh, it could be a lot of self, you know, uh, realization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, the one thing I do know is Phil Mickelson is good for the game of golf. Yeah. And it's great if this is an attempt to try to rate right the ship and whatever. Uh, I hope that's what it is. Um, I hope it's look. I mean, we've all made mistakes, and you know, was, was Phil's mistake a big one? Did, did it hurt a lot of people? I don't know. I mean, I, it probably hurt a lot of egos and a lot of feelings, but mm. I don't think it specifically hurt anybody. Uh, again, I could be wrong about that. That would be speaking for other people, but I think you know, it, it's obviously when you look at the fact that he's lost all these sponsors that he's had. Um, you know, again. Maybe it's time for some self-reflection on, on his part. And while we know how much he adores Augusta National and the Masters, uh, maybe this is a good uh, – I'm, I'm taking it as a good sign right? that either he is trying to correct something and trying to get – you know, we, we use the term, we get your life in order. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Phil Mickelson's a multi millionaire. He's had great success, won 44 tournaments, uh, five major champions. Is it five or six? I can't remember now. Yeah, five. Um, I yeah. Think it might even be. Yeah, you know, you, you just hope that this is uh, this process is an attempt for him to, you know, mend mend the mend the wounds or heal the wounds or whatever it is. And uh, as I said, Phil Mickelson uh, is, is great for the game, like Tiger Woods is, like a lot of these players are. And you know, him not competing at the Masters uh, is is certainly meaningful. And so I hope the meaning is the right meaning.
0: And it's worth pointing out that if he were to be suspended, like we said, we are not speculating on that at all. But one thing that is worth pointing out is that, at least according to the story that I uh, have been given, is that if he were to be suspended, it would not apply at the Masters, which invites players yeah. based on qualifying criteria uh, that includes past champions. So the, I mean, we all know they, they, Augusta does set its own rules uh, in that regard. But we, we won't see him, I, and I agree with you, I hope there's some – some reflection, uh, some, uh, a little introspection to try and figure out, uh, you know, how can I, and, and Phil's a master at one thing. Well, actually he's a master at many things, but he's a master at getting <laughs> up and down from the toughest spots around the greens. And he can get up and down from a problem like this as well. If he handles it right.
1: I, I agree. I mean, as, as I said, I, I, I consider Phil a friend of mine. Not, we're not close friends, but, a mm-hmm. but a friend and, uh, you know, we kind of came on tour just about at the same time, and you know, we have a lot in common. The fact that I beat him out for Rookie of the Year, so there you go. That's something we always joke, we always joke about. But no, it, it's it, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting scenario. Uh, again, uh, I, I just hope that uh, you know uh, that he he is he is he is right with himself, his family, and golf is you know probably second at this point. And if it's a, if it's a personal thing that he's struggling with, then, uh, as I said, hopefully he, he figures it out. And the sooner he comes back, the better the better the game of the golf is.
0: Agreed, my man. Listen, great stuff. Uh, enjoy the match play. A reminder that, uh, you know, Wednesday through Sunday, it'll be fun to watch. So we hope everybody digs in uh, and tell everybody where you will be as far as uh, your coverage. Yeah, I'll
1: be on uh, PGA Tour radio. And the greatest thing about it all, Joe, is I get to do it from
0: my home office. Oh, you love that. You'll take that. Yes. All right, yes, well, I will. Enjoy it. Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio. You'll be able to hear Carney on the call along with the rest of the team. Uh, and we will talk next week and just kind of see how things are going. As you said, we start to steam towards Augusta and that all-important first major.
1: Sounds great, Joe. Take care.
0: All right, buddy.